1: Today, I am going to be speaking to Joey Klein about harnessing neuroplasticity, epigenetics, and ancient wisdom for transformation. I am so excited to hear how he pulls together and kind of helps us to understand how all of these um, understanding in these different areas allows us to change And show up differently in our lives and however and whoever we are. So, Joey, I'm excited to be talking to you.
2: Uh, Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here.
1: Great. Let me uh, tell people a little bit about you. You are an internationally known personal transformation expert, world champion champion martial artist, and business CEO, CEO who helps people to consciously transform their lives using techniques he developed that fuse neuroscience with ancient practices from the world's wisdom traditions. He's the author of the book, The Inner Matrix, A Guide to Transforming forming Your Life and Awakening Your Spirit. So, Joey Klein, thanks for being here.
2: Uh, thank you. Thank you. so good to be here.
1: Yes. So my, my first question is always, what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind?
2: So I think uh, there really, there's two, two superpowers that I would say that, that I discovered through mastering the mind and they, they work together. Um, First, most important is I found that through mastering the mind, I could create the, the experience of life that I choose regardless of what's going on. So no matter what's happening in my, in my environment, no matter what's happening in my circumstances, regardless of what unexpected event comes up, I can be in a place of peace or fulfillment, optimism, passion, et cetera, because of the, the, the mastery of the mind. And then second, um, the, the, the second superpower I would say is the ability to create whatever, whatever I set out to create, whatever vision I can come up with um, by way of leveraging the mind, I can set myself to the task and fulfill those outcomes for myself
1: that sounds pretty amazing both of those frankly and so my question then would be in terms of how did you learn about mastering the mind and just that it was even possible that it was that it's possible to be and have an interior experience different than what you're born with
2: yeah. So I think I, I happened upon it accidentally. Um, actually, I was at a time in my life where I was in the earlier stages of my life. I was in a, in a great deal of pain, discomfort. Um, and, I, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be or what life was about. And I ended up you know, finding my, my answers or my initial uh, journey started, if you will, uh, in a very untraditional way where I ended up meeting Um, 20 years ago, uh, masters in the field of meditation and mindfulness and sort of these internal arts that were based in very ancient traditions. And so I spent a lot of time meditating and in temples, um, learning these different modalities that eventually gave me access to a sense of peace and a sense of well-being within myself and a true sense of fulfillment, even though materialistically I wasn't doing extravagantly well at that time. And it got me curious because when I shared the the techniques with my family or my friends that I was learning from these kind of mentors in my life, they too saw differences happen. And so I knew there had to be something there. Um, That led me to meeting a modern psychologist eventually. And she actually recommended that I start studying with a neurologist to learn, like, why were these internal training techniques creating the outcomes that I was noticing were happening for me? Um, and then I kind of found the science behind why this stuff was working. And so that's really where I got got started in my path. Um, that's how I stumbled upon sort of how to master the mind and how, how our mind works, how the mind works. Uh, it was really accidental. It was it was just looking for a way to get out of where I was and create something new. And that happened to be the path I stumbled on.
1: That's that's great. And the thing that, one of the reasons I'm so excited to talk to you about today is I remember along the way, you know, people always would say, take a deep breath, you know, or just change what you're thinking. You know, if something comes up, just switch your thoughts to something else. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, that's not going to change who I am. And but what helped me so much was to understand how those teeny actions were over time making cumulative changes in my brain. And in my nervous system, so I actually started to believe. Okay, it's worth doing these things. So I'm excited how you can share that with other people because I suspect you have pretty, um, pretty simple ways or overviews of just sort of saying how that does, how that works.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's actually simpler than we realize. And and, and as you were just sharing there. Um, it, it, that's why it often gets missed. It's like, it, it can be so simple. We don't necessarily tie just how powerful it is,
1: right? Exactly, exactly. So before we go deeper into this, we do need to take a break. Can you let people know where they can find out about you, your work, which is all over, and your book?
2: Uh, absolutely. My uh, my personal website, uh, com, is a great way to get to know about who I am. Uh, innermatrix.com will give you access to the book. And Conscious Transformation is the organization um, that we do our trainings through.
1: Great. Thank you. In a moment, hang on. We're going to go deeper into how neuroplasticity, epigenetics, and ancient wisdom allow us to transform.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you
1: Welcome back, everyone. I am talking to Joey Klein. And I guess where I want to start is you have this description of an inner matrix and, you know, essentially how we live from that. Can you describe briefly what that inner matrix is?
2: Yeah, so the inner matrix is essentially all of the components that make up our, our inner reality and ultimately... Every, our experience of life. And so that includes the, the thoughts that we think in the mind and how that relates also to the emotions that we feel and also the nervous system, like how that shows up in the body as an experience, as sensation, and then ultimately leads to action. And so the inner matrix is those three components of ourself working uh, in, in harmony uh, or sometimes disharmony together, right? The mind, the emotions, and, and the nervous system.
1: Great. That's perfect. And, and so basically the idea is when we are in harmony, things in those aspects, things work out. And when something is out of alignment, we don't, it's much harder to create a life that we want. And so my understanding, if, you know, if this is a simple way to say it is you actually help people to understand and find the tools and the skills that are going to help them bring their inner matrix into alignment. Is that a good way to say it?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, we often look at the external circumstances of our life and sort of measure, use that to measure how we're doing. And often we think that the external realities of our life, our relationships, the money we make, the job we have, the career we're up to, et cetera are determining our, our inner experience, our inner reality, when actually it's, it's the opposite. It's the other way around. Our inner reality and how we are aligned um, defines our outer circumstances and our, our reality, not just our experience of reality, but also what ends up being the outcomes or the results that we create in our outer reality. And so if uh, our, our inner matrix, so to speak, is is aligned by way of let's say anger is present, um, and then that's driving thoughts aligned with anger, and then that shows up activating the nervous system and those fight or flight responses. Like we're going to have one experience of reality, and then that's going to call us to take certain actions. Whereas if our inner matrix is aligned on the other side of the spectrum, and we know how to get ourselves to that other side of the spectrum, the exact same set of circumstances in life occurs to us completely different if we're feeling uh, peaceful or passionate or empowered. And that's fueling the way the mind is thinking and the nervous system is activated. And we have uh, the actions that we take, the things that we say or do occur to us from that place. We're going to essentially interact with our environment completely differently, creating completely different results. And if we kind of take that consistent action on one side of the spectrum or the other consistently over time, these ways of being and actions have a compounding effect that become the fabric of every aspect of our lives.
1: Yeah, that's beautifully said. And so I guess where I want to go, and I'm not even quite sure how to ask this question is, but how does neuroplasticity and an understanding of neuroplasticity shape how you help people transform
2: yeah so, so the like the if we if we kind of take this very um intricate subject of neuroplasticity and we kind of simplify it basically it, simply it's the idea that um, the mind the brain specifically is plastic meaning it used to be thought that once we sort of develop the brain in a certain capacity like when we turn 22 years old or so and the brain, you know, finishes developing, That it's kind of stuck where it is. It's going to function that way indefinitely over time. Uh, Neuroplasticity shows us that actually the brain is very malleable. It's very plastic. Um, It's constantly shifting and changing its structure based on stimulus, both external and internal. Um, stimulus can be the environment we grow up in, you know, like the neighborhood street we live in, do we live in a good neighborhood or bad neighborhood and stimulus can also be our thoughts. So are we thinking positive or are we thinking negative? Those external stimulus, if we think about thoughts as an external stimulus actually molds the brain over time and it doesn't have to take years. Like if the, if the brain is functioning in a certain way, the mind is functioning in a certain way, um, it can actually, uh, shift. Uh, how it's functioning, and actually the structures of the brain can shift in a relatively short period of time if we understand how to impact the brain uh, correctly, if we know the right techniques. And so meaning, if you grew up in a really hostile environment, uh, by way of just growing up in that environment, you would have a very developed brainstem, as an example, fight or flight would be very quick for you, most likely, and your prefrontal cortex would, would shrink, it would not be as active. That's important because your prefrontal cortex is, is responsible for higher levels thinking, like creative thinking, critical thinking, and also responsible for experiences like peace or uh, passion or empowerment or joy. And so what happens is if we get conditioned, if the brain gets conditioned to function a certain way, all of a sudden it's like a habit. It, it's very quick to take us to certain inner experiences of life and very quick to certain impulses or actions that we take. Um, so if we're if we're quick to these key experiences that are not creating the experience of life we want and the outcomes of life we want, there's extraordinary benefit in, in executing the, the right techniques to get uh, inside of a new experience and literally get the brain to shift into a new state, into a new structure. And so, as an example, if we can get those fear mechanisms to turn off and those love-based uh, mechanisms in the brain to turn on, again, speaking specific to how the brain functions. Uh, all of a sudden we can actually start to strengthen the prefrontal cortex. So it actually gets larger. If you were to take a functional MRI of the brain over time, it would get larger and the brainstem would get a little bit smaller. The amygdala would be less reactive. And so we can literally train the brain because it's plastic, similar to the muscles in the body. Although obviously the brain's not a muscle, we can can use a similar sort of uh, reality or strategy around stimulus and response to develop the brain to literally function on our behalf differently than perhaps it is.
1: That was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. It's um, I am not very scientific. And the way I've always understood it is like we have railroad tracks in our mind. And for me, it was around anxiety. So I would, I'd be in a situation and I'd automatically go to, Oh, this is scary. This is dangerous. How is this dangerous? And it's literally like training a muscle to go, to develop new tracks in the brain. So, I love how you are explaining it in terms of the structure of the brain. So, just because I always love to give people, um, you know, sort of a hands on experience, how would you go off? Let's say you're wanting to turn off your fear at some point or to turn on love. What is a method that you can use, like yes. in the moment, to start that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, if we kind of go through a couple of really easy steps that that literally anybody can use at any time, um, I think that that starting to leverage the mind is important, and 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 sort of just acknowledge what's happening in one's environment. Meaning, um, you know, if we're at work and we get nervous because we've got a project in front of us. That, that we're a little bit overwhelmed by, right? Or, you know, we're a stay-at-home mom or dad, and, and our kids are up to something. You know, we look across the room and they're, I don't know, climbing on a cabinet or something, right? Like just everyday life reality. If we start to do a simple just check-in and go, hey, like, where am I right now? And, and pay attention. Am I on, we'll call it that fear-based side of the spectrum, an indication that my brain is in fight or flight, uh, meaning sadness, anger, resentment fear itself etc like if any of those emotions or experiences are present then that's my indication oh i need to turn the brain off i need to get fight or flight to calm down if i tune in and whatever's happening in life is happening uh and i notice that i'm calm i'm at peace i'm joyful i'm passionate then that's an indication that, that hey i can trust where i am right now and i can take action and so, like it, it all begins with an initial check-in. Step one: Where am I? You know, no matter what's happening outside. Like right now, I'm, I'm looking out at the beach, and and the waves are there. And when I look at the beach, I kind of have this overall sense of peace come over me, like right now in this moment. And I go, oh, like I'm going to state of peace. Like like all systems are go. I'm all right. I can move forward now. If if there's something going on like that project at work that's a little overwhelming, or you know, I get I get some bad news from a friend, or just you know, I, I look at the news media, right? The news pops on TV, and I'm like, oh my gosh, look what's going on in the environment. And I notice I go to those fear-based aspects. We just want to simply name it, like, oh, right now I'm the brain, like I'm in a fear-based state, like I'm I'm activated, the the nervous system's activated. That's okay the nervous system being activated is separate from who I am. Like that's the, the thing that we're naming in that moment. Like in this moment, I'm in a fear-based state and hey, that's okay. Like my nervous system just got activated. That's a normal thing. It's trying to help me out. Step two, acknowledge like right now I'm okay. Right now I'm safe. Right now I'm not I'm not threatened. Like it's it's okay in this moment. That will give the nervous system permission to start sort of letting go of the idea that there's a threat, which will then make the next step easier, which is you know, just taking those deep, full breaths that we hear about so frequently now. Uh, you know, Touching the tongue to the roof of the uh, palate of the mouth and just breathing in through the nose because it does a better job of stimulating the vagan nerve and just take that nice, deep, full breath in until you can't possibly breathe in through the nose anymore. And then uh, follow it up by a full, complete exhale going out until you can't possibly breathe out any more air. And you just wanna go through that cycle, maybe three or five times to just get those fear mechanisms in the brain to turn off. And so to move out of a fear-based state and to get into a love-based state neurologically speaking, so that we have access to creative thinking, critical thinking, and those higher levels of intelligence when it comes to emotions, such as peace and joy, inspiration, compassion, etc. And then once we can get the nervous system to turn off, those love-based states naturally emerge because neurologically speaking, or nervous system speaking, like that's our natural state. What that that means that's our natural state is it's where we're literally designed to function 90% of the time. So if we just get the fear-based realities to turn off in the brain, the other one just just is present automatically. Then once we notice that we're in that love-based state, uh, take a moment and just go, hey, what result do I want? What do I want to achieve right now? Whether it's in the moment, how do I want to feel right now? Or maybe I'm at work. What result would I like this project to get me? Or how do I want to be with my children? What's the result I want to create through parenting? And then, and then now that you have access to critical thinking, just presuppose the presuppose to yourself as though you know, um, Hey, what can I do to create that outcome with this project? What can I do to create that outcome with my children? What can I do to access more peace within myself right now? And just ask the question uh, that points to the result you want to get so that the mind starts thinking in that way on your behalf. And so if we break that down very simply, it's step one, where am I? Hey, am I in a love-based state? Am I a fear-based state? Step two, I'm okay. Just acknowledge in this moment, I'm okay. Step three, breathe deep. And then step four, once you notice you've turned on those love centers in the brain and you're literally thinking from a higher intelligence because you're calm, you're peaceful, you're more relaxed, maybe some, some passion that has shown up, then presuppose the outcome you want to create. What can I do to create X right now? And then trust the, the higher experiences within yourself that you're able to access by focusing the mind.
1: Lovely. And so… What I love there, so you talk about the breathing, you know, touching the tip of your tongue to the top of your mouth and breathing deeply, so it stimulates your vagal nerve. What does that do to the body? I mean, what is that doing? Is that just triggering your nervous system to calm down?
2: Yeah, so what happens is it's like um it's kind of like breathing, right? Breathing, fortunately for us, is automatic when we're not thinking about it, right? We get to doing things, we're talking to a friend, we're out at dinner. You know, we're just walking along thinking like we we breathe automatically, like like breathing takes over on our behalf. Um, Our heartbeat, we're not able to do that. Like the heart, it's just going to do its thing. Um, You can control your breath and maybe influence the heart, but you can't like stop the heart from beating for five minutes, right? Or a minute or 30 seconds. Like you could if you decided to hold your breath. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is um, when we get triggered or when we get activated in that fear-based state... It's usually an unconscious response, kind of like the heartbeat is always beating on our behalf. The brain, the mind, is always thinking and functioning on our behalf. For most of us, we haven't trained the mind and the brain to think and function on our behalf in the way that it's designed by us to do what we want it to do. And so what happens is it's always functioning. It's always thinking, it's always up to things. And so when we get activated, usually it's an unconscious event, right? Just like we breathe when we're not aware of breathing. But what we can do is we can kind of work with the systems in, um, in the nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous system, as opposed to the sympathetic nervous system. And we can kind of actually create um, when the, by using the breath, if we touch the tongue to the roof of the mouth, I have to think to do that. And then as soon as I start to breathe the breath, instead of being in an automatic breath, I start to literally use the the nervous system to, I start to direct the nervous system rather than allowing it to direct itself. And so there's a whole lot of complicated processes that go on there by way of me simply going, oh, wait, I get to drive the show as soon as I choose. And a really easy way to sort of hijack our nervous system is to touch the tongue to the roof of the mouth while breathing deeply, because now the brain can't stay in reaction to whatever it's unconsciously responding to. It has to obey you and, and go where you tell it to go and start to function on your behalf. And if we do this consistently, eventually the the thing that we ask it to do consciously right when we stop and we go hey what can i do to create peace within myself right now what can i do to create you know a great outcome in this project that i'm working on at work like if we go there 10 times a day consciously and we interrupt say that fear response or where our brain was taking us when we weren't aware it was taking us there just like breathing happens when we're not thinking about breathing um, all of a sudden the brain at an unconscious level will start to do the thing we've been asking it to do over and over again consciously. And so consciously we create a shift right away and we create a better outcome instantly than the one we would have created, but then we literally teach the brain to start working unconsciously for us in a different way. So it becomes like a great adversary over time.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's it. I just think it's so helpful for people to understand that it, it's not just taking a breath and it's a one thing, you know, just a silly thing, but it really is changing your physiology, changing your patterning. And um, so thank you for that explanation. So now then my question is, is then epigenetics. What what understanding of epigenetics do you rely on in coming up with your tools to master our matrix?
2: So similar to like we were just talking about how we could, we can influence or, or we can... Um, you know, create a new inner pattern for ourselves to start functioning on our behalf if we know the right tool and technique, like those simple steps we just talked about, and we do a little bit of consistent influence over time, all of a sudden, you know, we can literally shift or change our, our inner way of being, which, tr- which translates to new actions and behavior. Um, A lot of us believe that we were born with this clean slate, right? Like a blank slate, like we were a newborn baby and we were ready to, you know, attack the world, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And and we were fresh and new, but epigenetics is showing us that that's not actually accurate and true. As soon as we were born, we actually were imprinted, not just with the genetic code of what our physical body would be. Like, do I have blonde hair or brown hair? Do I have blue eyes or green eyes? Um, but we actually received the, the coding or the, the, the knowledge, if you will, the imprinting of my ancestors, emotional patterns and experiences, um, their, uh, their, their thought patterns and experiences. And from an evolutionary perspective, this is amazing because we get, we get to kind of get downloaded with all this, this amazing information from the previous generations to prepare us for, for life to come. Um. That can be great when it's good information. And you know, I, I grew up Jewish. Um, so my ancestors, like, you know, that they, they were in the, the Holocaust, right? So that's some right. information um that's not so good, right? So, like, literally, if you had some grandparents who grew up, say, in the Holocaust, uh, you might act get activated inside of fear. And and feel like life is might might not co- like might come to an end, and you may have nowhere to place that in life. Like you literally have no reason, quote unquote, to feel that way because it could have came from your grandparents, a great grandparent, etc. And what epigenetics is, is showing us more and more is that uh, just because you have these imprints doesn't mean you're stuck with them. They're dynamic, just like neuroplasticity with the brain. Um, if we become aware of these experiences. Can identify that maybe they don't serve us, then we can actually shift um, the way that we feel, the way we experience, uh, and and tr- and start a new trend for ourselves. And so, like from a parent perspective, this is really empowering too, because you know if you're making these inner shifts for yourself, you kind of get to you know uh, get your children started off um, in a great way by way of of just making these changes for yourself b- before you give birth, as an example. And what they're seeing is that. Uh, you know, if you're a small child or even after you become an adult, you know, it doesn't end there. The way that, again, environment is stimulating us is constantly creating these epigenetic changes, not just in terms of of how we think mentally, but also the emotional patterns that we take on, but also in the cellular structure of the body. Um, The cells don't stay the same throughout life. But but by way of impact, right? Yes, the things we eat and the food we eat has an effect on how the system changes in the body, but emotions are being shown to have a significant impact on the health of a cell, et cetera. And so it, the more we kind of get inside of epigenetics, I think the most empowering thing to take away from, from this kind of new science that's emerging more and more is that we really are consciousness as a physical body, physically. Mentally and emotionally, all these things are influencing each other, and nothing is static. So wherever we happen to be, um whether it's there, whether we love it and we want to optimize it or we're we're not so excited about where we are and we want to change it, epigenetics is just evidence that that we can actually do that through thinking the mind, triggering new emotions, and then having an impact on the physicality.
1: Wow, great. Thank you again for that. So, and then my question would be to shift your epigenetics. Is it probably then through the same type of experiences that we would do um, with respect to neuroplasticity, just stepping in, changing how we react, changing our nervous system?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the key is intensity and consistency. So if we, if we look at it from the physiological standpoint, Um, our nervous system decides what's most important based on intensity of experience. So if I have an extreme experience of uh, anger, as an example, or fear, my nervous system goes, I need to pay attention and I need to make sure I avoid this and make sure it doesn't happen again. On the other side of the spectrum, if I have a a great experience of elation and joy, my nervous system goes, oh, things are really good right now. I need to remember how I got here so I can recreate this experience. It's kind of like feast or famine, right? Like, oh, things are going well. I'm happy. Things aren't going well. I'm sad. Let's eliminate pain and move toward pleasure. That's just sort of hardwired in our system. And so if we understand that, we don't have to wait for life to happen to us to be trained and conditioned in the ways that we're talking about occur through things like epigenetics or neuroplasticity, but rather we can use this to our benefit and we can go, great, let's create our own uh, intense event. And the way we do that is by creating intense emotion. And so if we we relax as an example, like the technique that we covered earlier, and and even though it just, it seems so simple, if we take the time and we go, oh, in this moment, am I in that fear-based state or love-based state? Um, oh, right now I'm, I'm upset with my significant other, but I'm not in danger. Like The relationship's not going to come to an end. This is not doomsday right now. I just feel a little upset. That's okay. It's not who I am. Touch the tongue, take that deep breath, calm, relax, access peace. The more powerfully we can create that experience of peace within ourselves, the stronger we make it, the more we create or drive that neuroplasticity in the mind and create that epigenetic effect. Because it's like, you can think of it like um, the, the nervous system in the mind takes cues from the emotion. And so if we can use and leverage the mind, use and leverage our breath to train emotion and feeling, that is the most efficient and effective way to create a transformation in terms of, Uh, physiological, epigenetically, inside of neuroplasticity, but also giving us access to new intelligence, new access to new choices and new behavior.
1: Yeah. It's so fascinating. I love, I love this stuff.
2: (laughs) It's like emotion is the trigger. You know, it's like, um, Uh, the mind takes the lead from the emotion, right? Emotion drives the mind, emotion drives the thinking, and then in turn, the mind fuels whatever emotion is there. And then it's like a circle that kind of compounds on itself. So if we understand that that's how it works, we just need to make sure to, to choose our circle, our emotional and thought cycle, and you can kind of interrupt it at either place, right? You can use the breath work that we talked about to interrupt the emotional pattern directly through a nervous system response by just relaxing, taking those deep breaths, and you can also reinforce the new emotion by way of new thought patterns, right? That presupposed question. Um, what can I do to create peace right now? Like, why do I have every reason to be peaceful right now? And then the mind starts reinforcing the feeling of, of peace as an example. And so we can kind of work it at, from both angles.
1: Yeah, thank you. And the, the thing that's so interesting is people, especially when they're in their heads a lot, they're thinking and they think, I need to figure this out. I need to figure out why I'm afraid or what can I do to stop being afraid or what I can do to change the situation. And what we're learning is that it almost it needs to be a decision to just step out of the thoughts or either guide them to entirely new topic, how can I create peace, or changing the physiology. Like you're never, ever, when you're in fear and thinking, going to get out of fear. You'll just yeah. keep circling.
2: Yeah, ex- that's very well said. Exactly right. Like When we, when we ask that question, Like, why am I afraid right now? What we've actually done is presuppose fear is supposed to be there. And we're going to focus the mind in a way that it's actually just going to accelerate and intensify that fear. And it keeps us there longer. So we retrain the pattern, like we lift those internal weights and then we get very good at being afraid because we're focused on it so much, not realizing that we're focused on it. So if we can and I know that this is challenging at first because it's a paradigm shift if we've not done it for ourselves before. Uh, but if we can, like, in that moment when we're feeling that anger or that fear, and we can go, hey, the, the problem is not the thing that's outside of me. The, the problem is the fear I'm feeling itself. The problem is the way my mind in this moment is thinking itself. Right now, the challenge is the mind and the emotion." nothing outside of me. And so if I can own that and I can give myself permission to get good at shifting my emotion and the way I'm thinking, and then when I have that shift of experience, come back to looking at my circumstances and rather than focus on the thing I want to have go away, put my focus on what I want to create, what's the outcome I want to um, have occur, what's the result I want to get, what's the best thing I can do to get that result, all of a sudden the game changes. It seems like a subtle shift, but it's an entirely different focus to go, hey, what's the problem and how do I fix it? As opposed to what's the outcome result I want to get and what are the ways
1: I can achieve? it. Yes. And one of the keys is when you're starting in this process, you know, this is for the listeners. At first, it's so frustrating because you forget to shift. You forget. And so, pretty much the goal is to start becoming aware of your thoughts and your reactions. So you can catch yourself 15 minutes into it and not two days later, (laughs) you know, when you've been two days into, Oh my God, this sucks. And my life is ending, you know, say, Oh, there I'm going into that pattern again. Okay. Now what can I do instead?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. And you know, like um, I I think, like I I just went when you were sharing that, I went back to one of my first mentors who kind of taught me, you know, initially to start thinking differently and literally doing very simple techniques like the ones we're talking about right now. And I remember they 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 told me like your thoughts create your outer reality. And we kind of hear that all the time. It's come it's become cliche, right? Like Mm -hmm. your thoughts create your outer reality. Even though we know that. It's like, well, what does that really mean? It's kind of an esoteric idea. And I know with my first mentor, I was like, this this doesn't make any sense. And he's like, listen, if you focus on these two things, if you focus on the outcome that you'd like to achieve in any situation and how you might be able to create it in that moment, I guarantee your life's not gonna look the same in 30 days, but you have to do it regularly, like 20 times a day, set an alarm on your phone and every half hour or so, ask yourself that question again and again. And I was like, you're telling me if I do that, my life looks different in 30 days. And he's like, absolutely. I'm like, I'm going to do it just to basically prove that you're wrong. Exactly. And, and that's how I was wired back then. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it just because I think you're a con So I'm going to show you that you're kind of full of it, right? And then I did it. And then I checked in and I was like, okay. Within 15 days, like not even the whole time, my experience of life was completely different. I started noticing people responding to me differently because I became a different stimulus in the world. Um, I was doing different things that I didn't even realize I was doing. And I kind of had to go back with my tail between my legs and go, okay, I've never been so grateful to be wrong. Thank you. And now just tell me what to do next. And then from there on, I was like, Wh- whatever you want me to do, I'm-, I'm ready to train.
1: That's so funny. That's so similar to my experience because mine was around anxiety, constant anxiety and working with my coach. And they're like, yeah, no, this is going to be gone. I'm like, no, And it literally was, and it got to the point wherever, whenever you start thinking, you start going into fear. Like, I think I did something like do pushups or, you know, literally just change. It didn't even go into this positive take step. It was just switch your thoughts. And I'm like, there's no way this is going to work. I've done therapy. I've done, it's never going to (laughs) work. And then about six months later, well, probably within six months, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not anxious anymore. Like barely ever. <laughs> so it's fun. I love it when we're proved wrong on these things. Yeah,
2: and it's so empowering to to realize that we can actually train our emotions if we know how. We don't have to be subject to whatever happens to be there. We, we just need to have the right techniques and be willing to implement. As I, as I share with people all the time, like they don't have to believe anything I say. Matter of fact, I welcome healthy skepticism. Mm-hmm. I say, but don't let that keep you from trying it and if it gets the results, lean in, right? Yeah, you don't yeah. have to believe this stuff for it to work. You just have to do
1: it. Perfect. And and the key is it's going to be work at first. It's You're going to have to have the phone dinging every hour to say, what are you thinking? You know, shift into something else. Because it does not come naturally. You'll have however long you've been alive a patterning to think differently. So
2: yeah. You don't get fit by signing up for the gym. You actually get fit by going there and working out with the trainer.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Okay, we are so running out of time, but um I just want to ask then, okay, so how do how does do ancient wisdom and techniques fit into all of this? Just sort of an overview. <laughs> yeah,
2: no. Like like actually it's what we're we're talking about right now. I think that a lot of a lot of people think about you know they they hear meditation, they hear mindfulness, and there's these terms out there right now, but I think that it's caused confusion because a lot of individuals think that this idea of meditation is kind of like sitting down, trying to just clear your mind and get everything to disappear, so you feel great. Um, and for me, internal training looked very different. Um, when I engaged in in sort of these ancient practices uh, of meditation coming from different modalities, i mean these 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 systems of internal training have been around for thousands of years. If we think of modern psychology, it's been around a few hundred years, and so they've been in the 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 work of personal mastery for thousands of years and the thing the the reason they're breathing a certain way and the reason they're doing these internal techniques the way they are is because they've worked and so I think of of these ancient principles or these ancient uh traditions as really just creating these really intricate and and, and amazing systems to create self-mastery where you can sit down and train your emotions like what we're talking about right now. Train your mind to think on your behalf. Teach the mind to think what you need it to think to produce results and, and outcomes that you want to produce. But it's not a passive reality. It's not sitting down and acting like nothing's going on. It's sitting down and really evaluating, does that thought make sense? I need to no longer allow my mind to think I can't do it. I need to no longer permit the mind to think um, I'm not good enough, but rather I need to assess that, create an alarm. And I need to think the mind in a new direction. And I need to do that consistently so that that new way of thinking, I can do this. It's possible. It's only a matter of time. Like those become my unconscious thoughts as opposed to these other destructive things. And if we know the right internal training techniques, then we can basically design who we want to be and make sure it aligns with the outcomes that we choose to create. And so these ancient traditions have just been up to it for a really long time. And so everything, or I would say a lot of what I I teach and I train people to do, even the simple technique we did today, that's the foundation of it. And then the neuroscience and kind of these more modern realities just sort of gave me the reasons why they work and um, permission to uh, continue to execute it, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, that it does. It gives you the structure and the practice, the set practice time um, within which to do these brain-changing things. And so one of the things I do want to comment on before we go is, in one of the things you're saying is when you are in these, having these recurring thoughts of I'm not good enough and you know, I don't know how to do it, or I can't do it. The thought with these training things, once again, is not to sit there and figure out whether that's true or not, and how you can make it not true. It's literally to just change your thoughts. Yeah, and it's
2: like step way. one is stop, right? Like, yeah. as soon as we notice it's there, and again, just like breathing, like we don't always know we're breathing, but we are, okay, it becomes automatic. So the mind starts thinking automatically on our behalf. As soon as we take note that we are thinking anything that is not going to create the outcome we choose, the key is just stop the thinking. And again, like, like just taking a moment, relax, breathing. If you're focused on your breath, you can't think. Like you can't do those two things at the same time. And so if you just breathe deeply and relax, just like we talked about earlier, and then once you notice yourself, feel a little more calm, redirect to a new theme of thinking, a new focus. And we do that consistently. I know it may seem a little obsessive at first if we haven't done it, but then you're going to start to catch yourself thinking in a new way automatically, where you used to notice yourself thinking, oh my God, I can't do it. You're going to start noticing that the mind is thinking on your behalf and it's going, hey, I just need to learn how. It's only a matter of time before I figure out how to do this. I'm capable of it. Like those were all trained thoughts if they're occurring.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Loved how you lay that all out. It just, I, I hope this encourages people to, to look at things differently and to take a deep breath. It really does help. Um, and going from that, will you remind everybody once again where they can find you and your work?
2: Absolutely. So my my personal website is a great stop, com. Uh, the book, if you want to dive deeper into these practices is innermatrix.com. And then ConsciousTransformation.com is where we do all of our formal trainings and and events.
1: Great, Joey, thank you. And listeners, thank you again for being here, for showing up for yourselves. Until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready
0: to discover your superpowers? Go now to SuperpowerExperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.